Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 253 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, we are not alone. This is the first edition of Ho Ho Horror, where we are joined by a guest. So two weeks ago, we did Jack Frost. We took you outside. We took you inside afterwards for Ginger Dead Man versus the Evil Bong. And now we're kind of taking you to the skies. And as I just mentioned, we are not alone. We have Ellie from the Devil's Dirt Star. Welcome, Ellie. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, – so, spoiler, we subjected you, I subjected all of you to um, a movie that's terrified me. And I guess the way that it fits into Ho Ho Horror is that um, it is the horror of being alive, I think, is, <laughs> is a great way of describing it. I think that's fair. Neither of you have seen this movie before, right? You did, like Up until like three weeks ago when I was like, here's a YouTube link, neither of you, okay? Never even heard of it. I feel like I've had vague senses of it, maybe. I don't know. But maybe it's because it has that old, like, uh, the the same aesthetic as the Rudolph movie, sort of. It, dev- it I get the same vibe as all classic old horror, Christmas not horror Christmas movies. Is it, it gives the same vibe, but it's it's got its own unique twist to it. Yeah, absolutely. Before we dive into that, though, I want to talk a bit about your podcast. Let's talk about the Devil's Dirt Star. So, what is your history with the paranormal? What led you to want to go and and sort of jump out from being a taker in of media to a creator of paranormal media? Um. A hot tub and a whole bunch of wine. <laughs> we 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 uh, get a cabin in Malone. It's now an annual thing, so we're doing it again this year. And we are just uh, very drunk and saying, "Hey, we like because we like all the same stuff." And saying how it'd be cool if we just talked about it because we have a good, uh, we're good at yes anding each other. And um, the the title, "The Devil's Dirt Star," actually, my husband came up with, and we thought it was hilarious. I, I, there are days that I question whether it was a, a good choice for a title, but most people who I think wouldn't like it probably don't understand what it means. So, Angela, do you know what it is? Do you know what it means? I yes, I think I can say what it is. I, but I don't want to say it on the show because it's a family show. But I, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> is it a sure. Show? I don't know. Like, like wasn't wasn't a, a Limp Biscuit album also named after a, a similar part of the human anatomy? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A uh, chocolate hot, starfish. Hot, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. Okay, so you just you're just hanging out in a hot tub. You're like, hey, let's do this paranormal kind of podcast. Like before that, though, like when you were younger, when you were a kid, like what kinds of things like interested you? Were you always kind of interested in the paranormal and ghosts? Is there something that like pulled to you early on in life? No, no. Well, I I grew up very imaginative because I was homeschooled, so I created a lot of my own worlds and and things. My brother and I had a lot of very intense world building games that we had and, and uh, we both saw shadowy things that now as adults we think are probably like shadows of passing cars headlights kind of highlighting a llama because we had a llama farm making it look like creatures but it just kind of it's it's one of those those shared things that as I got older I was like oh I'm kind of I, when I learned more about skinwalkers it sounded very similar to what we saw which kind of freaked me out a little bit but I'm sure it was just when you're kids you kind of see you see things differently than you do as an adult. So given that, do you feel like you are a little more skeptical than you were younger now that you have this sort of like world knowledge? Oh, definitely. I was not, I was not skeptical at all when I was a kid. I wholeheartedly, I was shocked when I found out Santa wasn't real. (laughs) How old were you, by the way? Uh, Four or five, but my dad, my dad told us pretty early on. Right. I think you and I talked about that a couple weeks ago where I had a similar situation where I figured math wise, it never made sense to me. <laughs> Whereas I had a, a classmate and a friend of mine who up until like grade four believed. And then I know Angela, your daughter like believed up until like somewhat recently. A grade, a grade, a grade seven. Like she was in, like she was, yeah, she kind of didn't really, but like yeah, her, 
her joys were dashed in class when people started talking about when they um. stopped believing in Santa. And now my son's 10, and uh, I can say this out loud because he's not here today, right now. And he's, uh, he's still, I still think he believes. He's sort of like fishes for it with my wife. We heard him talking the other day about, it's like, you know, Santa's like, you're Santa, right? And we kind of just brushed it off. We don't want to, he's still 10. We like having the magic in the house. Yeah. Right like the that. dumb elves move around the house still. We have these stupid oh, Are you doing Elf on the Shelf? No, it's not Elf on the Shelf. It's okay. like a, a weird bastardized version of that. It's just, I just have them do stupid things overnight and they wake up and, Every once in a while, I ask my daughter for help, and she's like, "No, I want to see what they're going to do." So, oh, like, that's fun! Yeah, yesterday the the kids woke up and the elves were playing uh, Texan Hold'em with a bunch of other stuffed animals. <laughs> and so, how did you? Everybody how did you had amazing hands. Yeah, of course. I don't know. I just kind of spur of the moment. Like yeah. sometimes it's as dumb as them sitting on a shelf playing with a Rubik's cube, and other times a little more elaborate, where I have, like I did yesterday, a whole setup of stuffed animals playing. Right. Right. And is your, are you the main instigator of this? I am the only instigator of this. Like oh, my, I don't, not and fan. I don't want it. She is not a fan at all. I'm not a fan of doing it, but somebody has to do it. It's just. Does, but does somebody have to do it? Well, what happened, it was like, I think we talked about this, right? My daughter had a project in grade four where an elf was involved. And then, of course, the little brother couldn't be left out. So uh, a year later, we had to buy him an elf, too. So. I mean, I will say as a former child, uh, I love when parents do that stuff. I, I loved the magic of Christmas for the, the brief period of time that I had it. And my mom always did really, even after Santa Claus, the dream of Santa Claus was dashed. She always did stuff like that. And I'm sure it was kind of a chore for her. But I think you're making really important memories for your kids when you do stuff like that. So that's awesome. I look at it the same way. And I think it's fun because... I kind of had that with my parents. My parents are like Italian immigrants. They didn't really care about Santa. And I never stuff asked like this. That. Were these like, smokers? My parents, no. no yeah, no. okay. My grandfather tough, was, but like yeah. really not not that often and uh, not often in the house. But I know my sister, she remembers time when like, you know, you have like a dish of candies and a dish of cigarettes where people yeah, could just grab a cigarette oh. and light it up. And it's so gross to think about that now. Because now if no one, I don't think anybody has ever smoked in my house. Like ever Yet. in this house that I, I live in right now. Yet. But you know, like the smell of when somebody smokes in a house for like, that hasn't been happening in a while. It's like a weird odor. That is, mm-hmm. that is repulsive to me. Like I can't have that. Yeah. I, uh, my mom's been a lifelong smoker, like a, a pretty chronic one too. And so every time I go over there, I can do 15 minutes and I get a headache. Yeah. Um, so who knows how I lived surviving there. Like my sister and I were talking about that recently because her, uh, my nephew went over there and he like threw up. After oh like man! Minutes. So wow. and that's like the only time. That's the yeah. That's the only time my sisters tried introducing the kid into the home, and it just it didn't end well. So you're the family that would rent a Nintendo game, and then I would get the Nintendo game, and the manual would smell of smoke. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. If there was even a manual. No, I used to like often ask for the manual, and they'd have it. Yeah, because you needed yeah. it for like Super Mario World. Those were the days when manuals were kind of cute, cool. Like they were like you'd have the like the whole story of Zelda was in the manual. Right. It's not like That's they could cool. explain it in the game yeah. because the game was like two megabytes. It's right. like there's nothing. Can't Google was, it I don't even think. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to talk about this stuff with my daughter. Like, So we're going – and even stuff that doesn't seem that long ago to me is a long time ago. We're watching The Office now. I'm taking her through The Office. And like there's a whole storyline of Oscar being gay. Yes. And I had to explain to her like, oh, back then, like even though it's 2005, people still had to kind of like hide that. Tiptoe around it, yeah. Yeah. And, and to her, she just doesn't get it. Like it, right. it's, it's which not is good a big news, deal. I guess. Yeah, 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 it's great. Like, yeah, 
Speaking about your kids, Angela, did you subject either one of them to the movie today? I kind of thought of it and that I, I said no, but, but it's totally like <laughs> innocuous. And yeah, I feel like your kids would just be like, this is weird. Yeah, it's it's approved by uh, by all kinds of people online. Yeah, we'll so talk about that later. Fine. But yeah, he, once again, jumping the gun always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to send him a text message before that said, "Don't jump the gun today." And what do you do? You jump the gun. Anyways, um, Ellie, talk to me about the podcast itself. So you were 15 million episodes in, as well as a couple of after hours, right? So yeah. they did Krampus. Um, uh, what's what's like the next move? And also, let's start by the by moving backwards. What has been your favorite episode to do so far? Honestly, so. The, the one I enjoyed listening to the most, probably Bug Out Bags. That one was pretty yeah. fun. But yesterday we recorded for our next episode, which is going to be Christmas Ghost Stories. And um, we, we, we it's a completely unhinged episode. We started recording at like 1145 and we got done a little after four. So wow! Okay. Be a really, we just okay. there were just so many sidebars. It was it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, so basically, you and I are hanging out. We're hanging out the three of us here, and then you basically go off and and edit for the rest of the day. Yeah. So Riley's doing the audio editing, and I can't do computer. It's actually um, right outside of screen, a pile of boxes. I'm building a new desktop because the one I the Frankenstein one I had before can no longer process video at all. So I can't do oh, any perfect. editing for probably another week until I get the motherboard. So now this is just like your your Christmas break or your time off is going to basically be yeah <laughs> yeah I respect that I respect yep, that yep what are you using right now um, I'm on a Mac it just it can't handle the video at all yeah the microphone's my really cool by the way it's like Thanks. red and glowing yeah is there like a hot coal in there or something I don't know but I like <laughs> I, I wish that I could cha- like turn the the light off if I wanted it to be off, but, mm. um, I, yeah, I got you're, it. I got it discounted and it's, it's pretty high quality. Yeah, you're, just, you're full gamer right now. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move into our third installment of 2023's Ho Ho Horror Series. Something that's plagued me since I was a child, and this is the 1959 Santa Claus movie. So this is directed by a guy by the name of Rennie Cordona, who's also super well known for doing luchador movies um, in the 50s and 60s. So if you see a luchador mask, a classic luchador mask, it's that guy. And then it was brought over by a guy named K. Gordon Murray. So he basically dubbed everything and did a bunch of stuff. And um, he's also the narrator in the Santa Claus movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's done a a bunch of stuff. He's brought over a ton of like other – uh, foreign, especially Mexican market stuff into uh, this. And he would just four wall it, which basically means he would rent the theater in order to play it. And he'd play the, the matinee once or twice. And uh, I sat down yesterday and I rewatched it for probably like the 15th time in my life. And it doesn't get any weirder or worse or better depending on how you look at it. Right. So I grew up with this because my parents bought this at a Zeller's, which is like the Canadian Kmart essentially um, when I was a kid. And so my sister and I were talking about this the other week and she was like, that was the freakiest thing when we were like six. How did they come across this? That's so weird. It was probably like on sale for like a buck or something. Was I feel it like du- it was just, the dubbed version you got? Or it was the dubbed version. Yeah. Okay. It was dubbed. It was awful and dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> 
Was so it I in wrote French? Down, Did you have it in French no, too? No, oh, thank God, no, really no, no, no. This was like the the weird Santa. So I wrote a bunch of notes for, for the movie. And I want to discuss a bunch of stuff. So credits roll, um, and then immediately we have a shot of Santa laughing at himself for ten seconds, which is very confusing to me. Um, and then he drifts down to Santa's toyland, where uh, a one ninth of the movie is just describing the children of the world. Everything seems so padded. Yeah, so he spies on the children who are helping him build toys. So I, I made a list of all of them. So uh, African uh, racist character, Spanish could be racist, Chinese racist, English, they don't even bother showing kids. They play yeah. <laughs> um, London Bridge. Japan could be racist, the Orient racist, and also I only picked this up this time watching it. There's a ton of toy guns on the left, super weird. Yes. Russia, probably accurate. France, the saddest looking children of the lot. Germany, the most numerous of the bunch. They look okay. Italy, they look Mexican, not Italian. Angela, I don't know if you remember what they look like. I want you to weigh in here. I noted a lot of this stuff uh, yeah. because this whole part was fascinating to me. It gave me a really uh, big, small world. Not <laughs> Wrong yes. choice of words. But like, it gave me a small world. It's a small world, the yes. ride yeah. vibe. And I had Very to look this so. up to see, like, was this inspired by It's a Small World? But it wasn't because this no, came wasn't. out way before. It's a small world was inspired by it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, did Walt Disney see this? And it's like, this one yeah. dubbed a movie, not from his studio, and suddenly decided yeah. to do this? It, it was very odd how close it came. Even, like, have uh, both of you been on It's a Small World? Yes. When I was like six. <laughs> okay. This year, I, actually, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have been, I was First on it this year. First and only time. I was on it this year as well. Uh, probably like the 10th time I've been on it. But it's, it gave me that aesthetic as well with the voices, the singing. It was really yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. The, I noted where are the kids from England. Why did the talented children from the Oriented Orient have a, a gun rack? That was yeah. one thing that that stood out to me. The Caribbean children are Mexican. That's racist. The South American, the Brazil and Argentina kids are fine. Central America also accurate. United States kids in cowboy costumes singing "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Accurate. It, also, like I, I the the African kids, like that's a continent, and it's just like oh yeah, just the a whole one. yeah, the one yeah, black children. Sub-Saharan doesn't matter. <laughs> yep, I doesn't yeah, matter. That that one uh, shot is was okay. I'm strapping in for something special with this yeah. movie. Yep, you know immediately that it's going to be yeah. top tier cringe. So the Mexican kids run to Santa to show him this like weird firework of a devil or like a, you know, like a demon or something that Santa lights up. Like how to like, where are these children infusing like the power of Satan inside of a firework and bring him to life? That is very confusing to me. You didn't do that as a kid. I no, I never imbued (laughs) inanimate objects with spirits. Oh, you look at her microphone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I could have. Yeah. (sighs) Do you feel like his laugh is scary? Very villain. Yes. It's bizarrely horrifying. That is another thing I noted. I have a few notes for this movie, and one of them is Santa's laugh is scary. Yes, excessively scary. Pitch comes to life, who is an agent of Satan, and there's this weird, very uh, evocative devil dance. There's like a lot of butts in the air. There's a a bunch (laughs) of men in devil's costumes just dancing around for like a minute and a half. I noted the devil is ready for an off-Broadway production. Maybe (laughs) off-off-Broadway, but... So the devil's name, Mitch, Pitch, Pitch. Um, I kept hearing it as bitch throughout the entire. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get into that because <laughs> I made a list of like three or four instances where that happens. Um, so then, yeah, I love the idea of Satan being represented by a literal fire too. That was kind of like, all right, this makes sense to me. 
And then um, Santa, uh, Satan, oh God, this is going to be mixed up. Satan sends pitch down or up, depending on what you decide, to sow discord and screw with the kids so Santa won't give out gifts. And now we meet Lupita, this sweet little girl and her mom. They're staring into a store window with a mechanical Santa. And it's uh, clear from the narrator's part that they are poor. And Lupita wants to own a doll and remember this. We'll talk about this in a sec. So then three kids dressed as ruffians, like, you know, a proto-biker gang, are approached by pitch. And he gives them three rocks to throw into the storefront. They do so. Here's the confusing part. The mechanical Santa gets hit. And then real Santa in the movie gets hurt. Like, how does this work? Do, does every single like inanimate or mechanical Santa in the world, like a link back to central Santa where all of these people could get hurt. I, I assumed that it was like the mad, like that he imbued some kind of devilry magic into the rocks. But that's a much more horrific concept that every mall Santa and like sta- Santa statue, no matter what's done to it, real Santa experiences. That's just is linked to the central like Santa nervous system yeah. almost. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many Santa ornaments have we broken? Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Right? It's how like, many Santas have died in tragic accidents? Right? Like that's super screwed up. Yeah. And now I'm just put that out in the world. Yeah. So then let's talk about narking, Angelo. Something overall compared to the last movie we watched is for a movie from 1959 the production value of this is significantly better than ginger dead man are you talking about it wasn't shot it was shot on more than one one set is what you're trying to say yeah and and not on really crappy video obviously didn't even exist in 59 but (laughs) no it, it just it's it seems like some actual care was put into this movie right totally not that it makes it good, I, I, no, but exactly, I'm just saying yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they they yeah. they felt like they wanted to do it. And did we get to the Santa spying equipment yet? Or is no, that this is up? what we're going to get into right now. Okay, right? yeah. So perfect. Santa's working. Uh, Santa's workers, like the children, his workforce are narking on Lupita and the three boys. So they run over to the Santa and they explain the situation, and then they turn towards a module with some knobs and a giant mouth set of lips in order to observe the kids that the narcs want to check out. And then one of the dark ch- children yells out, I think I found the girl. And then Santa gleefully runs to the telescope and he says, where is she? Like very, a little too excitedly there, Santa. <laughs> so then uh, we watch this scene of Lupita almost stealing a doll. And then the narrator is trying to talk to her about it. But of course, you're the narrator. You can't change anything. And then Lupita puts the doll back in the end. And then Pitch is trying to like convince her to take it. And then uh, Santa really is like the Lupita is uh, law abiding. And then an ear on a colander. Let's Santa tune into a rich child's dream. And then this is probably one of the scariest things in the movie when you're a child. There are two huge wrapped up gifts, right? Well, the, the rich kids' parents are vampires is what I took away from this. <laughs> right. So the giant, the giant coffins that they are in, they emerge from them, right? So it's, uh, you know, and Santa steals a dream is a wish that heart makes um, line from somewhere. And then uh, they then tune into Lupita's dream. And then this also screaming up as a kid, the doll dance that we see is the dream sequence. That was creepy. Nightmare. Awful, awful. I the the devil dance at the beginning was comedic. The doll dance later on, and of course, if you want to watch this, head on over to the show notes. There's a YouTube link. You can sort of, um, you know, if you're brave enough, make your way through this. But yeah, this horrible doll dance is happening, and then he just, you know, the pitch is trying to convince her to do bad stuff. And the dolls are like yelling at her. Like it's just, it's terrible. It's really really terrible. And then there's a montage of like kids writing letters to Santa. And so then you see all these like postal workers around the world gathering these letters. And so um, he pulls out a letter and he starts reading a child wants a football, a scooter, a rocket and a machine gun. And Santa grants him his wish. Lots of guns in this movie. Well, it's obviously an American child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then, so there's a, there's a slot for when Santa agrees to the child's demands. There's a slot for rejecting the child's demands. And there's a slot in the middle for Mr. Stork. Because apparently one of the biggest dreams that children have during Christmas time is wanting a sibling or another loved one. Yeah, there was a line where a kid was like, get me a mama or a papa. And I was like, that was just depressing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like they're an orphanage kid, right? And they didn't, they, like, why didn't Santa concentrate on the orphanage kid? Yeah. Instead of the rich kid who already has his parents. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to go back and, and talk about the horrific uh, body horror of the Santa listening equipment. Yes, the like mouth, the ear. Mouth, the ear, the eyeball, the eyeball on a stick. Yeah. And so, okay, and we're going to talk about Santa being in space. like because uh, We're like going to talk about it in a sec, yeah, because we're yeah, about to talk that's about it. Yeah, that's how it starts with us yeah. seeing that he's in space. Yeah. But it's very inconsistent, right? Because he's on top of clouds, below clouds. He's inside of the stratosphere. He's outside of it. So let's talk about the other person, um, the second adult in his palatial manner, uh, Merlin the Wizard. So just to recap, Santa, Merlin the Wizard, and a host of children, a workforce made up of children, plucked from around the world, live in a cloud city high above Earth. We're in space. We just have to abide by child labor laws. (laughs) Yeah, just, that's course. why he, it's like, what's better than international waters? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's going upwards from international waters. Where where are the parents? Where are the parents? Who are these kids? Where are the parents? Those are the orphan children. The one who wished oh, for a mom just, or a papa is going to get something Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So he, like, there's like a two-year kind of like window where like you're, there's like an adoption window and then they just disappear up up there. Yeah. And yeah. they never age, I guess, at this point. No, yeah. exactly. It's like Peter Pan, but darker. <laughs> and, you know, Santa talks about like, the only food he can eat is the outer space food. Yeah. Is he insinuating that it's the children? I, I don't know. Once they I don't age know. out. What about moon cheese? Because right? we have that to turn big. this that into big. horror horror. Come on. I mean, yeah. I will say that most other Christmas creatures eat children. So it tracks oh, true. that Santa might. That's a really good point, actually. I but actually in a nice them. way. In a nice way. Yeah, yeah. Like in a ending your suffering kind of way. Look at look at the the keymaker dude that also lives. Well, okay, there. Like, so how much talk protein about does yeah. he need? Mad yeah. chest hair. They should have braided yeah. that shit. So the master blacksmith, the keymaker, is the third adult and probably the most uh, pedal looking. Let's be honest here, because he is just popping with chest hair. He's very angry. He hands Santa a magic key to pop open every single door. He can break in into any place. He it wants. doesn't even. It's not even really a key. It just like taps on the door. Yeah, it doesn't go into anything. Yeah. It's yeah. advanced. He had like early NFC technology. That's what it <laughs> right, was. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so then we get to watch Santa uh, work out uh, using like a belt sander. Uh, and then he's like climbing and going into chimneys. And then uh, we find out that. Wait, wait, uh, wait Brian, wait, wait. I, we have to go back to before we see what he's using to work out. It's in a bizarre few seconds of Santa just I'm extreme jiggling like, and laughing <laughs> and wondering what. Is he like? Is he still with the keymaster guy? Is he still with Merlin? I don't know what's happening. Oh, we forgot to mention. Then, of course, there's another montage where Merlin is showing Santa all of the things he's created, including this flower that like makes you invisible and stuff. Okay, he's drugging the kids too. Yes, hundred yes. percent. Yeah, there's we'll talk a about lot that of after. questionable behavior going on here. So then we get to meet the reindeer, right? So I took a screen cap of the uh, Trans Heavenly Airway Flight uh, SC-707, the Super Reindeer Special, red carpet flight to Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn via the Milky Way. So we have confirmed aliens within the Santa Claus universe, right? Because why is he visiting Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn if not to bring gifts to children? Yeah. Now I have a question about film production here. Yes. Was this added later, I guess, because the movie was originally in Spanish? 
Yes. Obviously, this was like spliced in. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a okay. good point. I didn't even think about that. Are you saying that maybe the English dub slash sub took it another way? Yeah, I'm wondering like if things have been added to this oh, movie now. Oh, we got to go back and watch the original version and see if it's the same sign in Spanish or if it's signed just just not there at all. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, I can't find it on you. Well, let's take a two-hour break and go yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, someone believed that you took a two-hour break to watch the right Jack Frost, right? So Yeah, I was at a I was at a potluck last night and uh Someone I know came up to me and said, so did you really watch the wrong movie last time? Uh, no, no, that was a joke. And he thought it was great. You should have so. rolled with it, Angela. Oh, stupid. Anyways. No, um, I'm not going to lie to my friend. Santa's reindeer are actually mechanical. Childhoods shattered. And then Santa says really something really funny that like that doesn't add any like – it kind of makes him look bad. He says, I know every single child on earth. Okay, there's, there's a few things here. First of all, like he has to exercise to make sure he can fit into chimneys, even yes. though we've established he's magical and yes. can just break into anywhere. That is right. Um, yeah, which he actively does. <laughs> exactly. Now, he lives in space, and yes. the Russian kid was really insistent that he use Sputnik. Yes. Right, because that was a thing back then, right? Like the Russians had gotten to space first, and like you got to use Sputnik. This Russian kid is super patriotic, wants him to use Sputnik. Yeah, which Santa doesn't says no. Even, the, no. even the narrator says no. He wouldn't, no, he wouldn't no turn the reindeer into, what do you say, cosmonauts or something like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the reindeer, uh, mechanical, Santa needs to line them up. And if Santa doesn't come back by sunrise, the reindeers will turn to dust. My friends, that is a manufacturing problem. That's a huge manufacturing Fact. problem. But, well, there's a few problems here. Not only do they turn into dust, Santa will in his own words, perish on Earth because he Correct. can't eat Earth food. And he goes off and starts talking about Earth food and how disgusting it is, and he needs to get back to outer space to eat. I think he mentioned something about clouds. Yeah, what, do you, what kind of space food do you think makes him hirsute? Space children. burgers? Space I, I think we clarified it was children. Yeah. yeah. yeah children so if burgers. the children fall sick in any single way, if they're not perfect, because he needs to keep that uh, production line going, then they're just, in the he's just chowing down. Yeah. Him, Merlin, and the weird pedophile uh, blacksmith. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Right, so Santa gets into the <laughs> Santa gets into the sleigh. And there's a shot where Santa's taken off and we see other cloud cities behind Santa. So who who else is living in this realm? Tooth fairy, Easter Bunny. Oh my god, you just stole my I wrote oh, Easter Bunny. Great Bunny. minds think alike. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we all agree. There's an Easter Bunny. I raised my hand city. too. Yeah. <laughs> see? It's like we were ready. We're, you have two eager students in front of you, Brian. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we all agree Easter Bunny's one of them for sure. Yeah. And Tooth probably fairy. a better place to live. Like, do you think scent is like the bottom of the barrel when it comes to these cities? Like, this is where y- your slave labor gets sent? No, no, Santa's, no. Santa's king like, of the empire. Yeah, sure. I agree. Okay. So, yeah. like, what are the worst realms? Like, what happens to the Easter Bunny realm that, like, is like just a bad idea to go, go work at? A lot of rabbits uh, running around made of chocolate, missing ears and butts. Oh, but they yeah. had to be meaner. They'd have to be meaner, I think. Right? In some way, I think they don't have any. I think maybe like living there. Well, because you wouldn't have any companionship. I think it's just going to be rabbits and chicks. Right. Yeah. Right, and, and your loneliness, your utter yeah, loneliness. And your, and your, the, and your the inconsolable loneliness. <laughs> and the Tooth Fairy is obviously, that's the worst one, for sure. Yeah, she's oh, like a serial killer. Oh, she's gathering yeah. teeth, Brian. Right. Oh, like yes. a throne made out of teeth? Yes, for sure. Like, like you can't work there if you have teeth. You must sacrifice your teeth. They're all just gumless words. I'm having to have so many nightmares. This is, <laughs> this is turning out to be the most horrific yeah, of I agree. the ho-ho horror movies. Speaking of horrific, Santa turns around and blows kisses to his kids. That's weird as hell. Yeah. 
Uh, and then he also almost runs into the moon. What a chump. He cannot fly. He's been kind of reindeer properly. And then, so there's a montage of all the Earth kids we've, we've encountered so far in pitch, like kind of cold, hanging up by a chimney, and he pushes a chimney out of the way. So what happens when the chimney moves to the actual space in which the chimney inhabits? We're not quite sure there. Magic. So uh, one of the better sight gags is that Santa climbs down, can't get in, and then uses a tiny parasol. Like a... A comically tiny like parasol to make his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw the wires. I totally saw oh, the wires. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I, I was looking. I, I was trying, Well, because I was looking and you see his, he's like, I'm, I'm, he's like all hump. Oh, like, Angela's yeah, showing us like, what he looks like. Yeah. His shoulders like, he yeah, like Angel's a football player. right now. Did you feel you like creatine, for, bro? Uh, No, no creatine. Okay. Uh, did you feel like for someone that has the shadow of death looming over him, if he's not fast he does enough, not care. that he is so slow. Yeah, and is. just without a care in the world, he just he, he, he took so much time with the rich kids' parents. Yeah. yeah. Like made them a drink, hung yeah, out we'll, with them. We'll talk about that later, Angela. Once again, that comes oh, later. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was coming up next. No. No. Because we're going to talk about the magic <laughs> dust. The magic dust that makes children go to sleep, which okay. he uses. Uh, right after Rookies. gaining entrance using his, his pedophile key. So the, the evidence of Santa being improper is like mounting, right? The magic dust we were talking about, the key, uh, knowing every child on Earth, being able to spy on every kid on Earth, too. Um, and then we meet Pitch again. Pitch is prancing. He's prancing around like a living room. And like Pitch is like trying to tw- like thwart Santa's efforts and like failing miserably over and over. At one point, Santa uses a toy cannon to hit Pitch right in the asshole. Not just the ass, but the, it looks like the asshole. Yeah, it's a direct <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his, his dirt star, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Good job. All right. We can end. The, I'm going to stop. Recording yeah, uh, okay, well. there we go. We're done. Um, <laughs> um, he uh, so Pitch is taking a page out of the Kevin McAllister book of uh, booby traps, right? With yes. the door handle. Yes. Yeah. So he heats up the door handle and things like that. This movie just, inspired Home Alone. This movie inspired Walt Disney. Uh, it's, yeah. It's yep. it's just an inspirational yep. film. It Nambla? Absolutely is. It inspired me. Yes. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what? Okay. We'll get to your takeaway at the end, Ellie. I'm kind of scared about what your takeaway <laughs> about the situation is. So he. Um, the, he lets Santa meet, lets the rich boy meet him because the rich boy's asleep, right? He wants his parents. And then he, uh, he spikes the parents drink at the club they're at for Christmas Eve. Like, I would love to go to a Christmas Eve club. Um, yeah. and, and then they, they come home early because suddenly they're compelled to go home. And then, uh, Pitch is getting back to the three ruffians to mess with Santa, but Santa gives them huge lumps of coal. In shoes. And then they get upset with each other. Yes. My question to you is why doesn't Pitch just burn the toys after Santa's done? Why does he wait to proactively screw with Santa when he could just follow Santa, make Santa believe that he's accomplishing his mission, and then a world full of angry children will realize that all of her toys have either been melted or stolen? That's not the mission, Brian. The mission is to ruin Santa. I don't think Pitch has that many thoughts. No? <laughs> you know, you know, as an agent of the devil, he's just single-minded and like, I have to mess with him, kind of like in a cartoony style, like a slapstick style. I imagine of all the workings of the devil that messing with Santa is lower tier on the importance level. So he sent like the dumb one to just oh, like, the you dumb know what, one, right. pitch, here you go. Here's a, here's a task <laughs> for you, pitch. Not important. <laughs> so are there yearly aptitude tests that the devil gives his agents in order to assess who's aware? Definitely. Yeah. You think? 69 yeah. pages. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause like, I, I can't see, like, there are good ways to do this and bad ways to mess with Santa, and I feel like this is, like, one of the worst ways. It's very, like you were saying before, like, Santa is very slow on the uptake, but also, like, Pitch is very slow on the uptake, too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they deserve each other. Yeah, Santa does seem like the, um, I'm not even quite sure how to put it, just like a jolly, he's a jolly old fellow, for sure, but yeah. really just out of it, like, yeah. completely lost. Yeah. 
He just uh, kind of bumbles his way into things. It, yeah, well, yeah. we'll talk about one of the scenarios he gets stuck in at the end. Um, so Pitch tries to steal the slave, the reindeer won't let him. And then the narrative says, tough luck, Pitch, but it kind of saying, tough luck, bitch. Like you were Very saying, Riley. So. Very yeah. confusing. <laughs> I, I went back and listened to it twice because I was like, has it been bitch this whole time? And I just thought it was bitch. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That would have been an incredible retcon. And so this is like some deep lore, but like the, um, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the file on YouTube for this particular, um, uh, YouTube link is much superior to the one that's been floating around for a number of years. So someone clearly took this from the Blu-ray, which is why you could see the wires, Angelo. Okay. Because it, yeah. I was going to comment on that later is how good this copy was. There was yes. a Blu-ray. So it's, it, yeah, so it's a, it's a Blu-ray <laughs> rip compared to the original DVD one that like has been on YouTube for like the last 10 years. And I know this because I've watched this multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a family tradition. thing brian yeah santa loses his flower he loses his dream power uh powder a dog named dante uh gets sicked on santa by pitch and then um that's a, a reference to dante's inferno i'm assuming for sure yeah, correct every yeah. single layer right because it just gets worse and worse yeah. then pitch makes an entire household mad right he angers a husband who loads a gun he tries to get his wife to take the gun the wife refuses he then gets uh, like the grandma, I guess, or the aunt to call the police, and then the old man calls the police, and then there's a, you know, the the whole idea here is that Pitch is trying to bring um, the police forces of the area to come and actually see what Santa looks like. Santa's spending so much time over In here. In a tree. I, I keep worrying his death clock is looming. Yeah, and well, I mean, yeah. he's only been to one city. Yeah. Like, he's he, like, he's the whole like, world to cover. Yeah, he's done like he's seen like three or four kids. Yeah, um, he spent so much time. I guess I feel bad for the kid whose parents leave their kid alone on Christmas Eve and go to a party. It was a thing you used to do back then. Well, they accept weird bubbling drinks with smoke coming out of them. Yeah, from a from stranger. A yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my special concoction. It might burn your throat. Oh, that's yeah. great, yeah. And the stuff he's talking about, too, about it, like, showing them their love and things. That was really weird. Angelo hates love. Um, but, yeah, so coming back to this family, right? So this family is, like, they're all in the living room. The grandfather's got a shotgun somehow. The kid has a toy gun. The dad's waving the pistol around. They're all arguing. And then all the while, the uh, police fire and Red Cross resources are zooming into the house where Santa is stuck in a tree. Merlin is working through some shit. To save Santa, and he lets Santa know that he can use a wind-up toy to get the dog away. So Santa reaches into the bag, uses a wind-up dog. Well, I guess. Most importantly, like Merlin galloped on an invisible horse. Oh yeah, Santa. of course. How can I forget the horse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just another weird. Like, where, where's the invisible stable? Right in this palatial home. <laughs> so the Strat family ends up in front of the house as the cops, firefighters, and the Red Cross people gather. The fire people open the hose on the family, despite there being not a fire. That's what you things you did. Things you did back then. Yeah. Just opening up. And also, like, if a family's waving guns as police officers, even back then, like you I don't know if you'd gleefully approach the scene. Well, it's fine. They were they were white. Oh, of course. Of course. So of course Santa has one more kid he's got to give a gift to, and that is Lupita. And he gives Lupita a doll at the end. It's very touching. And then the uh, the last title card says, Blessed are those who believe, for they shall see God. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. God? God has nothing to do with this. Where is God? Excuse me. It's, it's God's son's birthday. She Correct. But we're in the movie. <laughs> Can we see a messiah, a messianic figure is my bigger question, right? Like, where is this coming from? Because we don't see, like, Santa's just a goofy goofball. He's not good at this. 
Yeah, they were, and you know, considering the fact that they they thought to bring Merlin into it, I'm kind of surprised they didn't toss Jesus in there too. Just for yeah, like, exactly, um, like a whole task force, right? Like yeah. Jesus is the consultant who stays yeah. far away from the children <laughs> because he has some semblance of sense. Doesn't want to get caught up in this weird ring of like the three other men in the world who live all Hi, alone Jinx. together. Yeah, yeah. Does he, does he mention Jesus at all? I don't think he does. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, uh, I subjected you to this, uh, Ellie. You'd mentioned that you're you started recommending this to other people. Why? Why would you do that? Oh, because I hate my friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, when I see, I like bad movies. It is mm-hmm. I just I adore them, and it's the right kind of bad that I would like other people to watch it, so we can commiserate the roller yeah. coaster that it is. Yeah, and, and I think that most of my friends would appreciate how terrible it is. So I haven't gotten anyone to watch it yet, but I I will continue to follow up. I will guarantee I, this is a very good movie when you are high because I've done that a couple of times. Oh, so if you are a marijuana partaker, a good movie to watch. You said there was a takeaway. Is there a takeaway from this movie? Is there any lessons that you've learned about the horrors of humanity? No, I, that was mo- mostly a joke. Um, I, I I did greatly enjoy it. Like it'll probably I will probably watch it again. Uh, with, not what alone, about you? but like with someone. Yeah. <laughs> I think if it's alone and you start drinking, that's an entirely different holiday celebration. That's how I watched it the first time. <laughs> I feel like I enjoyed this way more than I should have, yeah. mostly because the last movie you made me watch was just so bad. I set a baseline for you is what you're saying. This movie doesn't seem like it was made 60 years before the other movie that we right. watched because... This one had better special effects. Yeah, I agree. I want to say. I agree. And had a much better story. It was a lot more coherent. If that's if that's something you could believe, that says a lot about Ginger Dead Man. It does. And uh, well, and, I mean, it's uh, also like the, the sixth Ginger Dead Man movie or whatever, right? Like, yeah, it's all lost in its own lore. Yeah, there were exactly. no boobs in this one, though. No, yeah, true. But I kind of <laughs> like considering uh, the the type of nudity that was in that other movie. It's it's very well uh, appreciated. Yeah, I, of, this, I of, can't think of a spot where they could have put nudity in this one where no. it wouldn't have been more horrifying. On every like maybe level. something with the parents after they had that drink. Yeah. Oh maybe. yeah. Yeah. Or like one of Merlin's like kind of like experiments is growing boobs or something like on a wall. <laughs> just on the wall. Or just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's practicing. You know, he's just practicing cloning, but cloning of, of breasts, maybe, perhaps. Maybe a nice scene between Merlin and the uh, keymaker. Oh, oh yeah, interesting. maybe Merlin oh. has moves. Yeah, his robe's oh, pretty flowy. Yeah, it's you know? a very flowy robe yeah. and a really dumb hat. Yeah. So I decided to pull out some reviews. And the first one I did was from Dove.org, which is a faith and family-focused uh, review website. Now, Dove has been existed for a, a long time. And I want to read some of the details here. Um, so they rate this, right? So it is a, a zero positivity rating because there's no faith or integrity, which is weird to me because it's all about Jesus. But there's a, a six negative rating. So let's talk about a couple of things. So they say that uh, dumb, stupid fools is a minus one on their little meter. Uh, puppets hitting each other in the punch and Judy boys throwing rocks and breaking windows. Uh, minus one for that minus one for drugs because Merlin makes a drug to make children sleepy <laughs> and sprinkles it on them. Um, oh, interesting. Nudity cleavage minus one shirtless man. Yeah. The, the key maker. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that like this, this is a minus one on the nudity chart. What do they yeah, do for a, like the Ten a, Commandments? I want to strike against it. Oh, you want to check that commandments? I will yeah. after that. Yeah, and then there's a, a minus two for other scene of the devil and his imps dancing in the flames of hell as he plans to make children do bad things so they won't receive Christmas presents. Uh, these scenes are supposed to be funny. A magician named Merlin helps the devil. What? How does he help the devil? He doesn't help the devil. At I all. didn't understand. Did they watch yeah, the movie? I didn't understand that. No. Yeah. 
a child steals a doll but puts her right back. How is that a negative? And the devil burns his uh, rear in the fireplace. Paul, well, I think he helps the devil um, indirectly by giving Santa drugs, and then the devil steals them. Oh, I see. Right. So they end Maybe. up in his hands. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the that's, ten that's a stretch, though. Okay, so the Ten Commands has a negative five rating. Shirtless man, nudity minus one. Okay, perfect. All right, so if you guys want to head over to the show notes, I've left uh, several letterbox reviews, and I want to take turns reading some of these. So anyone else but me? Angelo, you've clicked in the first one from Comrade yeah. Yui. Yeah, Read it uh, out to me. Santa Claus 1959. Santa Claus was, an em- was employed by the CIA. Thoughts? Possibly. He has a lot of gadgets. tracks. Yeah, yeah. He can also spy internationally, right, which is the whole idea of the CIA. He's got an ear. Yeah. And an eye. Yeah. And a mouth. Yeah. Like almost a human being being built. Yeah. Ellie, hit us with the other one. I was drunk as shit when I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, you should be, honestly. Yes. Everyone should be. It probably point. enhances yeah. the experience, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's do... Um, all right, review number three. I wish I would seen this as a kid because it's perfect. If I ever have kids, they'll grow up with it. Spoiler, this was a five-star rating. Do not do that at all. In the least. Uh, don't let anyone grow up with this. This uh, this next review is by uh, Charlize. Judaism is the only true riddle knife. There you go. There you go, right? Uh, there's no mention of that in here. And uh, by definition, uh, this mov- does this movie make Christianity look bad? Meh. I don't know. Compared to other things, I would say it's low on the list of things that make it look bad. Okay, fair enough. All right, Ellie, what you got for us? When you want to do Christmas crackers but end up doing Christmas crack. Very apt. Yes, uh, I think it scary. works. It works. <laughs> Finally, the last review from Noble Savage. Santa Claus, 1959, two and a half stars. You know that metallic ass red face paint was just full of lead. Absolutely 100% <laughs> Probably. full of lead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot of those dancers and maybe even the doll dancers, I wonder if they're the same dancers. The, um, the credits make no differentiation, so I don't know. Um, cause I tried to watch and figure out which were which, but yeah, yeah. they're definitely, um, they definitely inhaled a lot of lead in there for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't think safety standards were the same. No, no, oh, of course not. No. Back in the day, you used to be able to throw animals in movies. No one would say anything. No, that's awful. Yeah. Didn't Ben Hur kill like a hundred horses or something? Yeah. Like that? yeah. Double density. Speaking of horses and creatures, let's talk about some holiday creatures. So Ellie, you've, uh, been deep. In the content minds of, of holiday creatures. So I want to talk about a couple of those that you've brought to the table. So the floor is yours. Yeah. Okay. So I mostly got most of this from a book that I bought at Blackcraft Cult, which is about horror stuff for Christmas. And I pulled mostly the Icelandic folklore creatures. I was going to do try and pull them from different cultures, but the Icelandic ones all kind of fell together because they're in a family. So I figured I'd stick with that. But before I get to the Icelandic ones, I wanted to talk about the Mahdi Lode which is the gray mare of the wild hunt. So in, if you look up pictures, it's, it's pretty freaky. It's a, a skull horse, a horse's skull, bulbs for eyes, bells on the bridle, just a freaky looking skeletal horse. Oh, I've seen this. Brian, did we, did we talk about this when we, we did may have pictures? at one point? Yeah. Okay. I've seen this. This is horrifying. It is. It's very freaky, a freaky part of Welsh tradition the she tends to come around between Christmas Day and the twelfth night. So n- the way it's taken into Welsh tradition now is carolers go around with a Mahdi load. So it is someone dressed in a sheet with a like fake horse's skull and engage in a sort of it's 
they're caroling, but it's like kind of like a rap battle where they see who can insult <laughs> the homeowner best. And if the homeowner wins, they go away. If the homeowner loses, they go inside, and the homeowner then has luck in the new year. So I think the homeowner kind of wants to lose in that instance. However, the yeah. carolers, who are usually a little drunk, will kind of cause mischief in the home. So it's right. It's a very interesting tradition. Um, but I, so I it's like the it mo- it's, it's it's the movie Mother essentially. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. Essentially, yeah. it's the, the Welsh version of the movie Mother. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> happens, so let me ask you this. Let's rewind. What is the Wild Hunt? So the Wild Hunt is, is something from Norse lore, I believe. I didn't write too much about it. Yeah. And it's just a terrifying army of ghosts and, and dead horses and stuff. And usually there's 20 or 20 to 40 of them, and they just kind of tear through the land. Um, they'll enter towns and houses, wreak havoc, steal food and drink. Depending on the lore, it could be more deadly or less deadly. I think generally it's more scary than than lethal. Um, but yeah, that's where the, the modern... So in this from. instance, the, the Mandalorian um, is like the boring, drunken version of that, right? Because like there's not a lot of pillaging or stealing. Oh, there may well, be a there, there's there's maybe there's mild pillaging and stealing right um, of course like a table <laughs> like, a, like a napkin or something yeah like you might they might yeah. raid your pantry if they get into your home um, right and um i'm actually looking at this article that's discussing the wild hunt from norsemythology.org it's interesting because they're, so they're saying the leader could be one of the leaders that they mentioned is Prifta, which is oh yeah character. yeah so it, uh the a a very, I, I encourage everyone to look up Perkta masks because they're absolutely horrifying yes. and freaky. And it's something that is kind of tied now to uh, more Christmas lore, and she's actually tied to Krampus. So, um, but I, yeah, I but believe you just you talked about it, right? So, yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, that's where I recognized her from. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is uh, not fun. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about um, uh, creature number two. Okay, so this is this is where the the depth of it is. The Icelandic folklore family. So. I got, again, most of this information from the book. However, in doing some digging, I wanted to touch a little bit on Icelandic folklore in general, because based on the most recent statistic taken, more than half of the population of Iceland to this day believes in elves and people. So, really? Yes, which I found fascinating. And there's actually an elf school in Iceland where you can learn more about elves and hidden folk. I'm kind of curious, like, what kind of accreditation do you get at the end of that? I don't know if you can get accreditation. I can tell you that it costs 22 pounds a day. Okay. And so there like are, 50, there 50 are bucks a day, yeah. experts, quote-unquote experts, um, people who have had real-life experiences. And it's, it's, a, it's a real school. I'll, I'll give you guys the link so you can, you can check it out. Oh, perfect. And in doing more looking into Icelandic folklore, and this is something that I don't think is – just Iceland. I think there are, are quite a few European communities where they, they still kind of hold on to these beliefs, especially around faithful. But there was a, a debate in Iceland in between 2007 and 2015. So it took almost 10 years because they're trying to construct a new highway. And there was a large stone, quote unquote, elf church in the way. And it took them almost 10 years of debating before ultimately the elves won and they had to uproot this 50-ton rock and move it out of the way <laughs> instead of breaking it apart to in, in order to not upset the elves. So even people who don't necessarily believe in elves in Iceland are still kind of like, but they could be real and we don't want to risk it. 
So like just a, a, like culture warriors almost. Basically, yeah, it's it's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So that is uh, uh, I don't even <laughs> want to think about the cost. We will get into the neck the 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 mother of this Icelandic <laughs> Christmas family. So Krilla, uh, which is spelled G R Y L A. All of these names I'm going to try desperately to pronounce correctly. I did look them all up. Some of them I couldn't find super reliable pronunciations. So if I pronounce something wrong, I apologize, but I, I did try. You're talking so, to two regular hosts here who are like uh, the baseline NPC guys. You know, we're, two, <laughs> we're two white guys, right? So You won't know. English. You won't know I'm mispronouncing it. No, exactly. You know, unless like the one Icelandic listener sends us a very angry email. Angela, where can they send an email to? Where can they, they contact us? They can uh, go to doubledensity.net and fill out the form because there you uh, go. that's the only place Let you us can know. reach me. Yeah. We'll take by full mail. umbrage, yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yes, I, I would like to know if I mispronounced them. Um, and also, because it'll tell me if the sources I used for pronunciations were, were accurate or not. But, so, Krilla is the Icelandic queen of Christmas, we'll say. She's an ogress who lives in a cave. If you look at pictures of her, she looks very classic ogre troll-like. So, just giant ears, straggly black hair, warts on the face. Um, in some depictions, she has hoops. Um, in some, she has not one, not two, but 15 tails. And in one of the depictions, the tails are all holding on to a whole bunch of balloons to, like, carry children away. It, it's just very creative, freaky creature. Um, but she's actually been in the lore um, since the Middle Ages. So she's been around since the 1300s, probably. She's been the tail of her. It's certainly grown and, again, maybe wasn't necessarily tied to Christmas initially, but as Christmas became what it is now it you know she found her home there so uh Krilla has had some marital strife she had three husbands uh the first husband she ate the second one oh. she simply murdered and mm. the third one lepalothi is just lazy but he's still alive so maybe laziness is, oh. is what what she needs is what saved him yeah <laughs> he, yeah he stays yeah. in the cave doesn't really leave do too much uh Krilla being the passive the husband yeah is the great yeah yeah <laughs> What what's the preference like murdered or murdered and eaten? I think as long as I'm murdered first, I don't care. Oh yeah, because the other way around. Would be yeah. <laughs> the other way around, I don't want to die from being eaten. <laughs> okay, yeah, so okay. here's the thing, right? And I'm reading a a lot of zombie fiction right now. I think after a while, your body goes into shock if you get eaten. So yeah, I but think, the like, after a while awful. part is where I don't want to get to. <laughs> oh yeah, I see yeah, I agree. I yeah. want to be yeah. on the same dead. page. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's a slow death? What if it's rabies, right? And I watched a horrifying video about the reality of rabies recently. Ooh, ooh. I, yeah. yeah. You become I, hydrophobic, right, with rabies? Yeah. Yes, correct. Your body literally will reject any source of water. Rabies is terrifying. I, I mean, if I had to choose rabies, or I guess it depends on what's eating me alive. Like, did a, we just do an accidental would you rather? <laughs> we kind of did. I think we have, yeah. Okay, so rabies or getting eaten? Oh, boy. Well, what are you getting eaten by? <laughs> Uh, I, another, is it, is it and, 10 rats or is it a bear? No, no. No, it's not a rat king. It's like an undead human being, let's say. I would pick I'd be pick getting eaten alive. Really? Like they, they tend to go for the jugular in movies. Yeah, uh, true. Okay. So I'm going to say that that's, that's how it works because I haven't seen a zombie And then look, viral. you get a few minutes later, you get to come back as a zombie. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends what you eat. It depends oh, what yeah. you eat, right? Yeah, Actually, one this, of the, yeah. yeah. How does that work, right? Like if... For a zombie, like if they eat your head off, your head isn't is not zombified, right? You're just dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Depending you can eat it on with the like the continuity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm reading a book called Monster Island by David Wellington right now. It's really interesting because the one of the main antagonists is a, a doctor who manages to put himself like um like he brings himself to a state of unconsciousness when the zombie apocalypse happens. So he's technically dead, but not. And it's a very interesting kind of take on it that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um I'd rather pick rabies. Why? Because I get a 24 hour window to say goodbye to my family. Oh. Uh, before oh, yeah. uh, my brain gets eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, fair. That's very, fair. that's very kind of you. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I You're just saying you want to go quick. Mind. Don't right. Yeah. You just want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Angela, I feel like you make a really interesting zombie. I don't think you'd ever leave the house. <laughs> I just, yeah. Uh, what if there's tainted brains out there? Who knows? Oh yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh yeah, let's uh, discuss that. There's some brains I would not. I just think would have no caloric value out there. No. no. Yeah. No. Angela, of course, would go straight for Jordan Peterson's brain because he loves that man dearly. I heard. <laughs> just closing he's, his eyes, praying he's just so him. awful. He's just so <laughs> awful. You're going to be okay. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, another creature you have on your list. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to, I need to touch first on the end of Krila. I'm going to let you guess. You get one guess. I think you'll get it. What she eats. Children. Ba- yeah. Babies. Specifically bad children. Badly oh, bad. uh, yes. Interesting. I'm kind of wondering, is there an intersection between, this kind of creature and something like the St. Nicholas or the Krampus. Like, is there an intersection? Yes. Okay. Big time. They're they're all all... these like weirdo, like uh, holiday themed people just willing to eat children over and over. The the book. uh, Oh, it's called the fright before Christmas. That was the book. Okay. The fright before Christmas. Most of the creatures in that book eat children. Almost all. Right. Yeah. Right. Like we've learned this from the Santa movie we just watched. Yes. Yeah. True. That's, that's true. Yeah. Full circle. That yeah. was like total canon in Santa. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we did the, I did a Belschnickel thing with Angela last week and I laid off on him because he was sick, but I was going to go real deep into that. And once again, like Belschnickel is like a trickster and he'll, he might eat you. Yeah. He might straight up just eat you. Yep. Yeah. Yum. Very frustrating. Well, Thank a, God I'm an adult. A children's rhyme for Krila that I'm going to finish this off with um, okay before I, okay so i need to ask this is this yes. like a candy man scenario where if you repeat this like we're screwed no promises all right let's do this <laughs> down comes krila from the outer fields with 40 tails oh, on this one she has 40 tails a bag on her back a sword in her hand coming to carve out the stomachs of children who cry for meat during lent Oof. tight so extremely normal <laughs> super normal um, it's, it's actually pretty, so I'll, I'll get into her children first. So, so Krila is according to the, the headmaster actually of the elf school, he believes that she is a combination of fact and fiction, that her origin is a mean nature spirit around Christmas time that someone saw and they escalated it into this, the tale of Krila. So he thinks that she is a real being, just not quite as Christmassy as the tale goes. <laughs> Uh, Christmassy, um, maybe we could also read this as like a year round kind of cautionary tale too, perhaps. Certainly. And yeah, I'm going the, they actually passed a law about the tales of this, of this family that I'll get into in this next part. I'm going to talk about okay. her children, the Yule lads. <laughs> so the so Yule just, lads. <laughs> just okay. So just to confirm the Yule lads are not British in origin. They're not a pub gang. They're not like as much as it sounds like a fraternity. It is indeed. Okay. That one. <laughs> they <laughs> okay, are so the Yule lads. <laughs> they are her 13 trickster sons. So they arrive on the 13 nights leading up to Christmas and each of them stay for 13 days. So the last one stays, you know, 13 days. Beyond. Uh, for good children, they actually leave treats in their shoes and for bad children, they leave rotten food. And I actually had a one of our listeners, because we briefly talked about um, some 
of this lore, not uh, Yolad specifically, but I had a listener send me a video from Iceland where they were like following around these people who dress up as Yule lads and left treats for kids. And I thought that was interesting because um, now we're talking about them, but so it's, it's a thing that's still actively practiced. Um, back in ye olden days, the Yule lads ate children naturally. Um, they were more scary monsters. Now they're kind of more like mischievous little lighthearted gnomes. They, they kind of are dressed up like Santa Claus or like Santa Claus's elves. They're a lot less scary than they used to be. I think probably like a lot of Christmas lore. That's kind of how it, hand out so if so, we were setting up a castlevania style game like these are the mini bosses right yes absolutely okay. yes okay, that's good. perfect now i won't now we need to make this game <laughs> i'm on it don't worry actually <laughs> make the note <laughs> i'm texting uh, so my friend right now actually the yule lads i'm going to try not to butcher their names as we go in order so the first one is Stekuster. he which translates to the sheep coat clod he arrives on the 12th and tries to, and I quote, suckle the farmer's use. He really <laughs> likes goat milk nice. and sheep milk. The next one is Gilliger, Gully Gawk, who hides in gullies and waits to steal foam from buckets of cow milk. These are all the mostly lighthearted. Yeah, just the foam okay. at the top. I guess okay. maybe that's the best part. I don't know. Uh, he likes cappuccinos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my favorite one. Stufer, which stands for stubby. Because he's little. He steals food from frying pans. And that's... A lot of them steal food. This is a, a common theme. The next one is Thurus Slaker. Who is Spoon Licker. I'll let you guess what he does. <laughs> Angelo, do you want to venture a guess here? Licks spoons. That's it. Genius. Got I'll let you get... Yeah, this but- next one, too, is tough. His name is Potaskaiko. Which stands for Pot Licker. Do they team up, do you think? If I think so. Working, if these 13 are working over a house, right? Like they got to have a different areas, right? Because like you're not using a spoon for the goat's milk. You're just no. using your mouth. Yes. Right. Yeah. Versus like if you're the spoon licker or the pot licker, you're kind of in the kitchen probably. And it sounds almost like so they, the, the spoon licker and the pot licker, they steal unwashed dishes basically and lick them clean, which to me sounds kind of helpful. I mean, yeah, obviously that sounds benevolent. It yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a positive thing. They can come in here and lick my dishes clean any day they want. <laughs> So the next uh, one. We're going to drop Ellie's. We're going to drop Ellie's address in the show notes too for anyone who's interested in sort of, I don't know, like come and come and look my dishes. You know clean, what? No, it sounds like a bit of a weird fetish. Let's not drop your address in it there. It does. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're going to drop Angela's address instead. That's funny. great. I like that idea. Uh, the, so the next one is the door slammer, Hertha Skettler, who slams doors, keeping everyone. These are all awake. single action bad guys here. Yes, it's they. They yeah. have one. They have one movement. <laughs> Unit. So let me They're ask unit you this. Taskers. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'll save this. Actually, no, I'll save the question to the end of, of the list of these. Okay, we're, we're almost done. I have uh, Skiergimmer, the Skier Gobbler. So Skier is Icelandic yogurt. So he just eats all your yogurt. Uh, Buknav Kragir, he's the sausage sniper. I don't know if I chose <laughs> the word sniper or if I got that from somewhere. Um, <laughs> but he loves to steal sausages. <laughs> okay. Or snipe sausages, if you will. <laughs> we have Gluga Geyer. This is the freakiest one. Oh no, second freakiest one. He's the window peeper. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. like the gray aliens do. Yes, exactly. Uh, however, as the name is creepier than what he does, he creeps outside windows, and if he st- sees something inside he likes, he steals it. So he's okay. not—he's not peeping on you while you're dressing. He's just okay. peeping on your. Goods. But what if he likes what he sees? Then he takes it. There you go. 
So you, <laughs> like, you could be dressing, and he's like, I like that Gone abdominal forever. area or something. Yeah. <laughs> no Let more me... belly button for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, uh, like, this might be the crassest thing I say all month, but, like, maybe, like, he sees a hog. He's like, oh, I like the hog. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now, now you don't have a hog. Now you're stuck. Now yep. you're stuck. Yeah, you're hogless. <laughs> hogless for Christmas. Um, the next one is Gotteflaver, the door sniffer. He's got a big <laughs> nose, and he sniffs at your door and steals any baked goods that he can smell. Oh, he sniffs. I heard snips. Oh, oh no. Like yeah, sniffer. 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 Yep. Yeah. Sniffer. Okay. So this, okay, Ellie, I have to, I have to ask you this. Yeah. Right, there's 13 of these. How do you think someone sat down? Because originally, like, this is a tale that was created. Like, yes. do you think someone just sat down and they're like, "What annoys me?" And they wrote down 13 things that they then created into a tradition. Like, how do you think? Or Angela too. Like, you're welcome to answer the question. But like, how do you think they came up with this like list of like very specific things? I think instead of picking one creature, yeah, it's instead of saying there's a goblin that comes in and does all this stuff, which right. to be honest would probably make more sense. But if this isn't an area where the populace regularly sees or thinks they see creatures and they see different looking creatures and they might start blaming specific actions on the different creatures that they see. I see. Yeah. That's my, that's my guess. So single serving um, creatures that are do like, like closing doors and licking pots, like very specific things. Yeah, That's all they do. (laughs) I did some math too. And it's interesting because the 13 days or the 12 days falls right around Greek Orthodox Christmas or Ukrainian Christmas too in January, which is kind of an interesting kind of um, um, annoyance to deal with all the way up to another style of Christmas, I guess. Yeah. And then, I mean, Yule and winter solstice. I think I, I've said this many times and it's a, I, I think everyone steals from each other and most of these, like, especially holidays around Christmas time, there's a lot of sharing of beliefs that goes yeah. around. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot of, a lot of crossover. So I, okay. So what is their mode of transport? Do you know how they like get around? There's just by foot. Yeah. By foot. Okay. Yeah. Cause I picture like, like them forming like a, like a wheel of sorts doing somersaults together as a team interlocked. Right. So there's like Horrifying. 13 of them, like a, yeah, like a giant wheel coming down and just screwing with you. Well, I mean, they that's live the in a cave, Souls so boss. they might have like little tunnels too. That they oh, travel. I see. That's even worse than, yeah. 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 Right. And then, um, you don't invite them in. They just come in. Yes. There's no, I think if you're good, they'll torment you less and they'll like, okay. leave you little So there's like degrees. Yes. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So like if you're a bad kid, then you might not get anything or they might, tor- so the, like the, the bull liquor specifically, something that I read, is apparently uh, in Iceland, they keep bowls of food under their bed for midnight snacking, which, you know, like, I might pick that up. That's not a bad idea. But that's <laughs> why, so the, the bull liquor specifically comes in and eats the food from under your bed. So I would really love to replace Elf on a Shelf with this. I feel I, like this yeah. is the much stronger tradition to annoy kids with, even though I am like very against Elf on the Shelf as a concept. If we were to decide as a Western society to move away from Elf on the Shelf, I feel like the Yule Lads has a much better ring to it. Absolutely. And it's a little more, I don't want to say believable, but you know, the idea of, of these, these faithful have been around since the Middle Ages. So yeah. they have to be real. Although also, this would, yeah. This would make a good horror movie, too. Like, 13 little guys just bothering you in very specific ways. So, one of the horror movies that Riley discussed in Krampus, I think, stole some of the concepts of the Yule Lads and just made really freakier. Yeah, the one with all the naked old men. I think that they were kind of, like, uh, there was a tie. Because it was an Icelandic movie. I think interesting. Okay. the Yule Lads. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, although there were hundreds of them and not thirteen, but maybe maybe there's a whole bunch of like god of feathers and there's well, or like there are thirteen archetypes. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, just imagine, uh, like, like 13 uh, times 13 bowl liquors. Like, it's over. It's over. 169 bowl liquors. Oh, yeah. You got you got. That nothing. is 13 by 13, right? I'm not crazy. I don't know. It is 169, yeah. Wow, yes. good for you. That's impressive. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the last, there's there's two more. Uh, Kettis Snicker, who's a, he just steals candles. And when you think about how dark Iceland is this time of year, that's actually kind of twisted. Um, and then the freakiest one. Cat coker, meat hook. Oh, what? He just steals meat that's left out, but meat hook is not a good name. <laughs> no. It sounds like an early 90s wrestler. Yeah, it oh, kind of yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta like watch back out when they're really, really hook. big. Yeah. Like, yeah. like his finisher is the meat hook where he just dangles you from the side of the, like, of the ring or something. Oh, that's Off actually genius. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, so Brian, those, you travel back in time and write for the WWF. Oh yeah, for yeah, the early '90s steroid-filled WWF slash WWF. Yeah, sure perfect. I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Yeah. Did I ever tell you, Angela? I don't know if I mentioned this, but a friend of mine actually sent in a writing packet to the WWE like maybe a dozen years Never. ago, and he he showed me some of the like. Um, anyways, that's another episode. We can talk about that. <laughs> no sidebars. So yeah, so meat hook. So meat hook. Yes, it steals left so, meat that you left out. Honestly. So he's just uh, like he just isn't a jerky. Basically, yeah. So specifically, yeah. smoked lamb is his is his go-to. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm, I've never had smoked lamb before. Kind of I gamey, haven't either. I'm sure. I'm sure it's delicious. Although, yeah. probably you think it's gamey, Angela? Uh, I'm not a lamb guy. Okay, what are you then? Beef. <laughs> oh, once Very again, beef. Angela, the most the most mid man I know, just into beef. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like chicken too. He's just daydreaming of all the food he's gonna have for dinner. Uh, Ellie, you have one more for us, don't you? I do. I do. Okay. So the last one. A member of this family is the Yola Kitturin, the Yule Cat. So I don't remember when I first learned of the Yule Cat. It's something that I I've learned like it was part of my Christmas lore as a kid. Um, I don't know if it's super popular here in, in the Americas, or it's just because I had some Germanic influences in my in my upbringing. But the Yule Cat will eat you if you do not have new pajamas by Christmas. So. This Yule cat is giant, so think a, a house-sized cat. Like if if, you're, if, you're, if Lollipop was the size of a house, which would be kind of adorable, but probably also terrifying. I mean, listen, Clifford the Red Dog exists, right? So yes. I feel like we can also just relate to that in a cat kind of way. Yes. Basically, I, yeah. It's Clifford, but evil and yeah. scary. And, and evil, yeah, I was about to say, and Christmas related. Naturally, they eat children. <laughs> I had three fur balls to clean up this week. I cannot imagine the size of those fur balls. Oh, it'd be like oh, a bale no. of hay almost. Gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the the backstory behind the the Yolokitrin is most likely that it was an incentive to get farmers or farm workers to finish processing wool by winter. Um, oh, okay. In order for them to get clothing or payment. So some historians believe that the, the tale of this cat goes all the way back to the early Middle Ages, kind of like a Pila. Uh, although it's not actually, doesn't show up in any written counts until the 1800s. But per Icelandic tradition, if you were a good little girl, good little boy, and you finish your chores before Christmas, you'll get new clothes as a reward. If you're lazy, you don't, and you're going to have to face the Yule Cat. <laughs> uh, who will knit you an even worse a set of pajamas or something, right? I'd like, I'd like to imagine <laughs> yeah. that's the end result. Not only does the cat attack you, but you have to wear like the unfortunate like knit, but like crappily knit, like beginners. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's, I, um, that's the tale of this family, the, the child eating family. 
So I just Lovely. wonder, like, what does Easter look like for them, right? It's past the the holiday season. They're kind of in hibernation. Like, I'm kind of curious, like, what are the conversations like between all of these, right? Like, I just, I don't feel yeah. like it's fun. I, I, I do have to imagine, maybe not so much the Yule Cat, because I think that is a little more tied to the season. But I believe that Prila and the Yule Lads are kind of, maybe they're more popular now in modern times around the season. But I think that they're kind of an all-year okay. threat to bad kids. Right. Okay. That's... It's interesting that all these, you know, folklore traditions are just like cautionary tales or like, you know, getting the public to do the right thing at the right time kind yeah. of thing. Like it's just it's really interesting to deconstruct those, you know, a way that like relates back to their daily lives, right? Like the pajamas or the Yule lads, like like clean your dishes before the yeah. Yule lads come over. Yeah. I mean, even if you think about I think I would say most religion is kind of there in one way or another maybe not always positively, but to, to protect society, even things yeah. like, you know, don't eat pork. Well, pork tends to be more filled with disease. So, you know, there's, there you go. there's rationale behind, behind yeah. these rules. Don't yeah. eat the smoked lamb, Angela, until uh, you know that it's smoked properly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you might, it's tainted lamb. It's as, as bad as tainted brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you think about. Uh, all right. So safety. Angela, I want you to head on over. I was playing with ChatGPT the other night and I found out that there's a Santa bot on there by someone called the North Pole. And so I want you to go ahead and click on the, the chat transcript. And each of you, I want you to pick uh, either being Santa or the uh, person asking questions. What would you prefer, Ellie? Um, I'll be Santa. Okay. Okay. Angela will be uh, – Angela, I want you to, I want you to ch- like channel like your best um, uh, 10-year-old excited, right? Like you're about okay. to meet Santa at the mall. You're going to ask him questions. I'll use my very limited acting skills to do this. Go ahead. Hey, Santa. Why did you start in the 1959 film Santa Claus? Ho, ho, ho. Well, I must say, I have a knack for spreading holiday cheer, but acting in films isn't really my forte. That 1959 film, Santa Claus, was actually a work of creative filmmakers using an actor to portray me. I'm more in the business of making toys and managing my workshop at the North Pole. Christmas tree sparkle emoji. Would you like to know more about the movie or perhaps some festive trivia about Christmas star reindeer emoji? Yes. Question. Have you ever fought the devil? Ho, ho, ho. What a jolly, imaginative question. In the spirit of holiday cheer, I focus on spreading joy, love, and the magic of Christmas. I haven't fought the devil, as my role is more about delivering presents, sharing happiness, and munching on delicious cookies left by kind children around the world. Cookie emoji, present emoji. If you have any other Christmas-related queries or need help picking out the perfect gift, feel free to ask my dear friend, star emoji, Christmas emoji. I saw you fight the devil in the 1959 film Santa Claus, and the filmmakers said it was actually you. So he just repeats the same thing after this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And then, Angela, do you want to read one more, um, the one one other one? The filmmakers said it wasn't creative and imaginative tale, but it was a documentary starring you fighting an agent of the devil named Pitch. Ho, ho, ho. That's quite a story, isn't it? While the 1959 film Santa Claus presents a unique and entertaining narrative, it reminds a work of fiction. As Santa Claus, my real mission is to deliver toys and spread the magic of Christmas rather than engaging in fantastical battles. Christmas tree emoji, present emoji. (laughs) Remember, the heart of Christmas lies in the joy of giving, the warmth of family gatherings, and the magic of believing in the good in everyone. Star emoji, snowflake emoji. If there's anything else you're curious about, or if you need help finding the perfect holiday gift, just ask away. Reindeer emoji, sled, uh, sled emoji? It's, I think it's a sled, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I wonder Santa, who he's gonna. Why do you like emoji so much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little, it's a little sus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's hiding the truth here. Um, so the real it's reason I decided, aggressive. To use, yeah. Yeah, I decided to use ChatGPT was because uh, ChatGPT now uh, gives you access to the Dali Generative uh, Image Maker, and like, I want to be clear, like I only did this because I planned on either photoshopping this or doing this. Like I believe in paying artists, but I also don't believe in like bothering people to create stuff I would have done on Photoshop anyway. So I like, that is kind of how I'm viewing using um, visually uh, generative AI for like my own stupidity as a shortcut versus like actually paying others to do important things. Um, with that in mind, I came up with three cryptids or, and I wanted to like pitch them to you. Right. So, uh, and obviously if you head on over to our Instagram account or our Twitter account, you'll see these three. And I actually want um, the audience to join in and like name these three um, creatures. So I'm going to let you guys both decide what we're going to name these, but then also like collectively the listeners can head on over as the early Christmas gift and name these. So the first one is a cryptid who looks like Bigfoot with garlands um, as wings and he's holding a Christmas tree and he looks kind of sad. It's obviously the Yule moth. The Yule moth. Okay. Angela, what do you got? Oh boy. Oh, he does look like, he does look like Mothman. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I want to say blue sky. Blue sky. <laughs> You're just stealing. All right. Yeah. That's where you want to go with it. He's there. I think he should be the new blue sky mascot. Oh, for like the seasonal mascot? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, the second one is a cute kind of little alien who is in a workshop filled with other alien toys. Um, I would say Santa alien one word. Oh, okay. I like that. That's yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Angelo thoughts? Uh, Gray the Christmas probe. Gray the Christmas probe? <laughs> Ellie, Ellie, yeah. please tell me something better than Gray the Christmas probe. <laughs> please. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting some kind of K name. Pentarchorus. Are we doing like a, a medium thing? Like, uh, you know, a, a yeah. talking from the dead here? It's yeah. Speaking I'm hearing to a me. K. I'm hearing a K. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a K and, and an A. <laughs> Like Kelvin, Kelvin the Ke- Christmas Kevin. alien. Oh, Kelvin! Kevin. I, okay, Kevin brought, the Christmas yeah. alien. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right, the third one is a Mongolian death worm, and it has a <laughs> a bow on the tail where a wreath is also attached to its body, and then a bow right at the bottom. What would you name the Mongolian death worm in hell? I I, I kind of want to name him uh, Rikard, Lord of Blasphemy, because he that's who he looks like from okay. the Ring. Okay, we should, okay uh, I, we should put Rikard, Lord of Blasphemy, from Elden Ring, which I know nothing, I'm not supposed to mention yes, on this but podcast. but this, because it's a comparison. But, yeah, but also, and, it has nothing to do with the holiday name. No, but but he seriously looks like exactly where you're fighting that same boss. I see. It's, it's pretty much exactly that. I will, um, maybe we could put a link to the, uh, a YouTube video of it, but it's, I'm looking at it now, and it pretty much looks exactly like what you presented there. I feel like Dali stole from Elden Ring. No, oh, maybe. Ellie, do you have a better name? Um, well, I was going to go with Fred, but then I named the alien Kevin, so I can't I can't do two normal names. Kevin and Fred feel like they're like um, witness protection uh, program names. Oh, they're lovers, actually. Oh, they're Kevin lovers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How did they meet? Well, uh, funny, Fred was actually going to destroy Kevin's workshop, but he saw Kevin's giant bulbous black eyes and immediately fell for him. Interesting. Puppy dog eyes. Yeah. I like that lore. I prefer the one where they met in court um, because Kevin um, created the, uh, Ke- Fred's likeness uh, in order to make some holiday toys and they fought in court judge wow. style. And then they started, I woke up, but I like to retain your idea of the black eyes. Like they saw each other opposite sides of the court and they immediately fell in love. It's like, I hate you, but I love you. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Would Fred's like nickname be Fiery Thread? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. Yeah. His his stocking is like uh initialed FF. Oh like monogram. Okay. Oh yes. monogram. That's the word right. I was looking there for. There we go. Yeah, yeah I figured yeah. Yeah. Um, so once again, you can head on over to Double Density Podcast over on Instagram and then double underscore density on Twitter in order to see these three images that I created, spent time on for some stupid reason, and uh, offer some names up because I'd be curious to see what all their alternative names are. And then finally, if you head on down to the last page of the show notes, I demanded that Dali make pop art style images of Santa as a shaman, um, Santa and Pitch together, and then a weird triptych at the bottom where it looks like the devil and Santa might be intimate... And then or Gan- there's a little Gandalf in there, too. Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of everything going on. So I just uh, I figured I'd, I'd share this with all of you because uh, this is some of the process of my brain creating things. The Santa um, pitch one kind of looks like the most interesting Santa in the world. I agree. He also looks like oh, he could yeah. be a really bad um, holiday edition of like some uh, hipster like rum or whiskey company like, on the label. Absolutely. Yeah, or like a really crappy IPA. <laughs> oh yeah that, that's even better yeah yeah, yeah. double distilled or whatever it is i don't drink hops. right so <laughs> oh, hops. amazing that probably exists and i don't want to google sure it because it yeah. i don't want to get marketed to for ho ho hops i want no. uh, you know regular <laughs> drinks only please we've made it to the end of uh a, an exploration of santa claus the man the myth the um child laborer mm. child we did did we mention that he controls the children through song no but we that is another part of it right yeah there's, there's definitely, some, uh, there's some, I think there's some rights being violated for sure. I mean, he did have like in some really high rights. tech stuff. Sure, like that, yeah. his, his computer that he used to like control the kids was pretty high tech for like the late fifties. I agree. Not for I aliens. Agree. Flat though. screen and everything. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <aliens. You're right. laughs> of course. Yeah. How did we forget the Santa's an alien? They had the Roswell like a, tech. Yeah. yeah. There we go. The Roswell tech, right? That's I it. saw an iPhone in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ellie, tell us where people can listen to the Devil's Richard. Pitch, pitch us on it. Not me personally, but like I know our pitch? listeners were probably. Did you say pitch? I did, yes. And okay, that was on purpose, Angelo. Okay. You want me to bitch you on it? Yeah, bitch <laughs> me up. Um, well, the Devil's Dirt Star is a podcast for the esoteric and strange. And that's actually how Brian and I kind of connected because he came in asking for esoteric books in a, a bookstore that I work part time in. And, and I, I, after thinking about it for a moment, I was like, do you listen to podcasts by chance? And he's like, I have a podcast and the rest is history. Yeah, um, now we're but, here. Yeah, here we are. So it's a podcast for the esoteric and strange. And that resulted in the most excited text message I received from Brian in ages. <laughs> the, the, the amount of times I've met someone in the wild who has like similar tastes in like weird stuff is like very rare. That's why you were very excited. I thought yeah. it was, I thought it was great. It was the cornerstone spirit. It's an ongoing there thing go, now, yeah. but I'm starting to, to believe is that the, yeah. the there's a being that lives in the cornerstone bookstore, yeah. and it and it facilitates serendipitous events. It's so happened you, too many you, times. <laughs> you send out your your episodes are out biweekly, right on Wednesdays. Yes, they're bi they're yes. biweekly. Um, they are, I will say, very loosely structured. So we typically <laughs> have a topic. However, it there's a lot of sidebarring. So if you like conversations and um cackling or we did get a negative review once that someone said we sounded like we giggled through the whole episode and i won't deny the fact of that um but, but that's just you know, friendship you know like, that's the whole thing is that like angela and i do the same sort of um more boring version of of minds <laughs> melding right when yeah. uh, when people come to not talk bo- to us, so. I'm, not, I'm not agreeing that it's more boring i, I enjoy listening to your podcast but yeah well, it's, it's a it's a slightly less structured uh, version i guess kind of of this except we we, we talk about freaky stuff I would highly recommend the Haunted Dolls episode. That's probably my favorite so far. 
that was a that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot I of really good that. haunted dolls out there. Yeah, I, I enjoyed how you guys tiptoed around saying certain names. Yes, <laughs> yes. Big Spoon had some trouble with Perger the Durrell. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's out here in the wild, yes. uh, infecting our episode too. Apologies to anyone who gets a headache from me saying that name, but. Hopefully the, yeah. the twist yeah, Angela, on the name. <laughs> I think Angela got one. So yeah, well, I've had a headache for a week. I mean, so. <laughs> oh no! And my my daughter said her friends had had headaches after using the Ouija board. I think they were just excited. Right, just excited, and the the come down is the headache. Angela, where can people find us? On the internet. Correct. Now give a little more context. DoubleDensity.net. And go there, find us. You'll see. You'll see a picture of us this week. You'll see a, a picture of Ellie. Yeah. Also, show notes are there too. If you don't look, if you if your podcasting have a choice doesn't display them properly for whatever reason, um, you can also find them there. I found out something this week. Speaking of not displaying correctly, my my same friend who asked about me not realizing it was the correct movie, I saw that on his podcast app. It doesn't show the cool show art we're putting. No, it doesn't push it. The, no, makes me sad because we put a lot of work into that. Those are really cool. Is it iTunes? Because iTunes takes forever to update if you do different logos for individual episodes. so weird yeah i hate it was it was it iTunes Angela? was it the podcast no uh he's using uh, he's an android using pocket casts okay but he downloaded it in front of me and it still wasn't working and oh interesting when i downloaded it from overcast which is my podcast app of choice uh it was right there right away oh weird i don't know yeah i just blame this on android or one of the many many um holiday creatures we talked about today we have at least 15 16 creatures that we talked about oh, maybe yeah so you is can there pick one. one that steals podcasts show yeah up? is there a 14th one that like just like either steals podcasts or like rates it one pod, star pod yes. pod or stickle yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> pod, pod stickle or something yeah, exactly. like that yeah so we have a new target to blame a new straw man in our, uh, tool, in our yeah. in our tool box of, stickle of, yeah. of the yule clan yeah so this has been it for episode 253 of the Double Density Podcast. You guys can tune in next week as Angela and I head into the homestretch of Ho Ho Horror with an actual legitimate horror movie involving man versus beast. And by beast, I mean mechanical beast. Angela, I will see you there. And Ellie, thank you for joining us. It's been a blast. Thank you for um, looking up some crystal creatures, for doing a little bit of uh, Santa Anonymous Man roleplay, and for coming up with some pretty decent names for some holiday creatures. Yeah, thanks for having me. And if you want to check out the Devil's Rush Star, we'll also leave that in the show notes because we're going to just leave a bunch of links in the show notes. And with that, Angelo, I will see you around, my friend, perhaps in a mechanical sleigh, perhaps getting drunk and uh, having a man give me a drink in order for me to then come home to my child. Great. <laughs> <laughs>